Hello and welcome to a special insert episode of the Club Chimera podcast. My name is Jeremy Clive and my intention with these shows is to discuss various issues in the world of martial arts and self-protection that have inspired my teaching, training and writing. If you're expecting the second part of the aftermath, my apologies. That episode will follow this short insert. In the meantime, I've got some rather exciting news. Rong Fu, which is the prequel to my project, Bull Shih Tzu and the Fight to Make Martial Arts Work, is now available as an ebook. As part of the preparation for the ebook, I produced a video, and as part of that process of producing the video, I recorded an audio track giving an overview of all the essays contained in Rong Fu. And seeing as that audio track exists as an MP3 file, I thought, why not let my subscribers have the benefit of hearing about all the different chapters in Rong Fu. Uh, what will follow now is not Aftermath Part 2. Once again, I'm sorry about the delay there, but the voiceover work I did for the Rong Fu video. I hope you enjoy the ebook, which incidentally is currently available on Amazon Kindle. In the first essay, Critical Questions for the Martial Artist, I run a diagnosis on the Bullshitsu infection. How severe is your Bullshitsu infection? What irrational and illogical ideas are we clinging to as a martial arts subculture? From basing combative concepts on superstition, bad science, mythology and bad history, martial artists are restricting their ability to progress and the future potential of their students. In my next essay, Martial Appeals and Other Dirty Moves, I look at the most common logical fallacies used in the martial arts subculture. Has your fighting system stood the test of time? Then you're making an appeal to antiquity or tradition. Superstition, it could be argued, has also stood the test of time. Is your system the most up-to-date fighting method today? Then that's an appeal to novelty. Any number of IT specialists could debunk that one for you. These are just two of the many arguments put forward by martial artists that have no basis in logic whatsoever. In Jessup Thinking and Pious Fraud, I discuss the reasoning put forward by martial artists to propagate myths, like Colonel Nathan R. Jessup from A Few Good Men, there are many people who believe that their white lies are the means that justify their ends. This only serves to continue the disinformation in the martial arts world. My next essay... The Boxing Kangaroo and the Law of Instrument was inspired by the way many martial artists publicly respond to information outside their knowledge. The classic example here is the way many martial artists mistake the old circus clown act called the Boxing Kangaroo for a real man versus beast type contest. We delve into the world of stage and fixed fighting, revealing how martial arts subculture has been fooled about different types of professional wrestling, sumo and even Muay Thai tourism. Furthermore, our psychological phenomena, like the bystander effect, is not understood by many self-righteous self-defence teachers who only see a world of societal breakdown. The pornography of reality-based self-defence brings matters back to their root. I originally began writing critically about martial arts from a reality-based self-defence perspective. However, I soon discovered that this movement was not the haven of sceptical revolutionaries. These people often commit the same sins as those they criticise, and I found myself in that position often. This essay looks at how paranoia spreads through a subset of martial arts subculture and how the original objective of training in efficient and practical techniques can dissolve into the need to provide a visceral marketing gimmick. Dramatic portrayals of martial arts are an easy target for us sceptics, which is why I decided to go after their supposedly non-fictional counterpart in 
How Factual Are Martial Arts Documentaries? A plethora of TV shows supposedly coming out of an enlightened time when more science and critical tools are available to researchers still work from mythological assumptions about martial arts history, whilst others use faulty criteria to supposedly test the effectiveness of martial arts techniques or the effectiveness of historical fighters. The final essay, Taking It on the Chin and Listening to Fools, looks at the value of learning from mistakes. I was inspired to write it when I realised how rare it was that I heard martial artists admit they were wrong, and especially how rare it was they admitted making a recent unmitigated mistake. Cognitive dissonance is rife in martial arts subculture and is encouraged by its institutions. With teachers scared to discredit the work of their teachers, let alone the founders of their system, a cult-like mentality can be unknowingly nurtured. The title of this essay is in reference to the fool character in Shakespeare's Tragedy of King Lear. The court jester was the only person permitted to tell his arrogant and stubborn leader the hard truth about his disastrous decisions. Likewise, the martial artists would do well to look at the satire and criticisms made about their subculture from those looking in.